Hello, 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 boss babes. Yes, we're doing this again, and we are kickstarting an entire new series of mini-sodes that are featuring boss babes in the Ottawa Valley that go beyond entrepreneurs and business owners. We are recognizing role models, activists, corporate leaders, and working professionals who are breaking barriers, sparking important conversations, and championing for change. We want to be inclusive and embrace those that are making an impact, are changing their communities, and are bringing awareness to topics that sometimes have the potential to generate controversy. Because ambitious and powerful boss babes aren't just making waves in the entrepreneurship world, and they too need to be heard. Now let's kickstart the conversation. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Louise, and together we are Vendors of the Valley. We are hosting our Fall Hall Market on October 22nd from 4 to 9 at 2 International Drive in Pembroke. Enjoy sipping on drinks from O'Kenny Craft Spirits and Whitewater Brewery, snacking on charcuterie cups from his and her grazing boxes, all while shopping our 20 vendors showcasing their beautiful products and services. Proceeds from this event will go towards the Pembroke Regional Hospital's Cancer Care Program, helping to update, expand, and overall improve the chemotherapy and medical daycare units at the hospital. General admission tickets will be on sale from now until October 16th, which will include access to our vendor market, a charcuterie cup, and your choice of alcoholic beverage from the bar, or non-alcoholic drink will also be available. Market access tickets will be on sale until the day of the event and at the door as well, allowing you access to the bar and the market. Follow us on social media at Vendors of the Valley for ticket sales, vendor information, and more. We hope to see you there. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Boss Babe Corner. As we approach Halloween, many of us enjoy curling up on the couch watching our favorite Halloween classics like Hocus Pocus or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Others that are a little bit more adventurous and want to hear ghost stories can find haunted guided tours right in their hometown. Now this babe has been conducting guided tours for over 25 years and she knows some pretty haunted spots here in the Perth area. Let's get into the Halloween spirit as we dive deep into some eerie tales of Perth's past and learn about familiar buildings where ghost sightings have been reported. Please welcome tour guide and historian Susan Code McDougall to Boss Babe Corner. Hello. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing good, Susan. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, but I am a huge scary movie buff. I love a good ghost story. And I have been, I kid you not, almost on every haunted walk around here in our area. So I'm really excited to get to know about a couple ghost stories that you're going to be sharing with us later from the Perth area. You have quite the career background, though, which includes a freelance writer and editor, an author, a college instructor, historical interpreter, and what I find interesting, the assistant to a federal cabinet minister, which you formerly did. But I want to focus specifically on your work as a historian. Well, um, it's it's something I've always been interested in, ever since I was um, ever since I was little. I've always liked history and to me history has just been stories um it's about people and what they did and in short it's just good gossip and who doesn't like good gossip it just happens to be about people who lived long ago so uh, yeah I, I guess I, I've always looked at history as storytelling and uh, and it is good history is storytelling 
Yes, absolutely. Now, I would imagine that one key component in becoming a historian would be that the person should generally have a good idea of the town or the city's history. So are you originally from the Perth area? Yes, yes, uh, born and bred. Um, our, uh, the Code family has been here, oh, for over 200 years. We, were, we weren't the first settlers in Perth, but we, we came along not too long afterwards. So, so what led you onto this career path? Well, as I said, it's it's always been there. Now, my father, well, I have to give credit to my father and my maternal grandmother. Uh, my father was very involved in um, sort of local heritage uh, back when it really wasn't a popular thing. And, and so I would just tag along behind him. He was uh, on the board of the museum and actually he helped um, um, uh, convert the Matheson House in Perth uh, when it became the museum. The museum had been collection of around before, but um, in the it's a centennial project, 1967. That's when the Matheson House became the home to the Perth Museum collection, and he was on that. So as a as a little girl, I well he was there cleaning and painting. I was running up and downstairs and playing in the Matheson House, um, and uh, along with my sister. He also would give, uh, he would also give tours. And I, again, tagged along and would listen to him. My maternal grandmother taught history at Smith Falls Collegiate. Um, and I guess she sort of sparked the, the, the more formal side of things. And when she saw I was interested, she encouraged me by, by, by buying me books. Um, um, we, we actually, she took me on a trip. And so she, she's, you know, so those two influences certainly had it. And it was a subject I enjoyed. I had good teachers. And then um, I went to Queen's University and I got a degree in history. So, so it's always been there. So Susan, you've conducted guided tours of Perth in the area for more than 25 years. Now I'm curious, how did you become Perth's host and guide for historical and haunted ghost tours? Um, I worked for, I put myself through university working for the Rideau Canal, so I gave tours as part of that. I was a historical interpreter. Now, the ghost walks, um, the first ghost walk was done, that would be the 25-year-ago thing, in the late 90s, and that was uh, Friday the... September 13th, that particular year, fell on a Friday, and a bunch of us decided well let's do it as a fundraiser for the museum and there'd never really been a ghost walk before um, although I certainly knew lots of spooky stuff and it was just meant to be a one-off but anyways it was phenomenally successful um, beyond our wildest um, expectations and it, then it kind of just became an annual thing that uh uh, I do it as a fundraiser. Uh, first, it was for the, uh, not the Matheson House, it was for Injaba when Injaba was open to the public. And when that, um, when we, we um, the town of Perth ended its arrangement with the Ontario Heritage Trust, uh, I just kind of switched it, if you will, to as a fundraiser for the museum. So uh, yeah, I've been doing it annually for about 25 years as, as a fundraiser for heritage programming in Perth. There we go. I find it so interesting, like mm -hmm. just learning about the history and of course, you know, hearing about ghost sightings. Now, have you ever encountered or seen a ghost? 
No, I would probably faint dead away if I did. I just tell the stories. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I know lots of people who have, and the stories that I do tell about Perth, they're all true. Uh, I don't need to make anything up. Um, there is lots of um, lots of activity around here. So uh, no, I've never seen one and I have no desire to see one. Um, I'm just happy to tell the stories. Okay, well, let's get into it then, Susan. Can you share with okay. us some of the stories? Well, um, yeah, um, I mean, all the stories in Perth, um, all the ghosts in Perth, they're all friendly ghosts. We don't have any Amityville horror or poltergeist. Um, they're just, um, they just like living there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Perth's a pretty nice place place to live. So uh, they, um, some of them are the result of a violent death or mysterious, not even say mysterious death, um, unusual circumstances, uh, but um, they're, they're really just kind of, of there. And, and as I said, extremely well documented. Um, some of them take the form of, uh, you can actually see somebody, maybe not their faces, but you see something. Uh, some are, uh, have smells. And in fact, um, a number of years ago, I discovered that uh, a house in Port Elmsley, uh, well, I was when I was teaching at the college and um, we got sidetracked onto ghost stories. And so people in the class started talking about it and talked about this house in, in Port Elmsley. And they said, yeah, his name's Huey and you can always smell cigars or you can always smell tobacco. And I thought, what house is this? And um, it turned out it was the house that my great aunt and great uncle had lived in and his name was Hugh. Um, oh, and they also said he had no legs. And well, he was a World War I veteran who eventually had to have both his legs amputated at the knees. He also smoked a pipe um, and he was a practical joker. So it was kind of, it all, it all made sense that they would see this man um, who was actually a relative of mine. So that was pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> That's a small now, I don't know if he's still there. I don't, I haven't, I don't know anyone who still lives in that house. Um, so, um, cause I do know that ghosts come and go. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they're around for a while. And friends of mine had a house in Balderson for a number of years. And now I never saw this ghost, even though I was at this house many, many times. But they would see this man sitting in the corner of the dining room and other people would see him too. And he just kind of sat there. He didn't do anything. And then after a while, they realized, oh, we haven't seen him in a while. You know, I wonder why, because they used to see him pretty regularly. Now, they knew the history of this house because uh, it had come from um, like extended family. And they started sort of thinking of dates and when they had last seen them. And then they realized they hadn't seen them since the birth of their son. And they thought, oh, you know, their son in the 80 years that this house had been around was the first time a child had been born into that house. There had been all kinds of deaths, but there had never been a birth. And the only thing they could think of was that you know, once a life had come into the house, this ghost felt that it could actually move on. So, 
Interesting. It's funny though, that they, you know, you talk about these people that see this ghost in their house as if it's like a regular occurrence and they don't, you know, they're not worried about it. Just like, oh yes, that's just, you know, this man who just sits on a chair. There's Charlie. (laughs) I could not imagine. I would would not be okay with that. No, no, neither would I. (laughs) I, it would it would be uh yes yeah, to said i'd probably faint dead away but if it was pretty regular well then you would get to, you know like you know you get used to it so get used to anything so yeah what about some historical buildings and stuff susan well the museum uh i mean the museum is is haunted and that's again extremely well documented lots of people there and uh it is one of the older buildings in perth it was built in 1850 and uh, not sorry not 1850 1840 by roderick matheson who was one of the original settlers and he actually is still there he is the ghost that haunts the matheson house and um he he does he seen actually seen several places in the house um probably the most common place he's seen is in the kitchen which i find quite surprising because i'm sure during his lifetime he he hardly ever set you know stepped into the room but i mean a kitchen is the heart of any home um and it certainly is there. I mean, it's warm, it's cozy. And anyway, in the kitchen, now the, now the Matheson house, if for people who haven't been there, it is, uh, many of the rooms have been restored to the 1840s period, which is when the house was built, including the kitchen. So they have the great big stone open fireplace there. There's the big table where you could work on. There's even a well, you know, they had indoor plumbing there. So it was a pretty fancy house. Um, and then there's this rocking chair right by the, in between the window and the fireplace. So a nice cozy spot. And this rocking chair, there have been regular occurrences where all of a sudden the rocking chair will start rocking. The windows are closed, no one is near it, but it just starts rocking back and forth. Um, upstairs in the, the parlor or the drawing room, the for, you know, the formal living room, if you will, is, is another place where he's felt, this is where they would receive um, guests. And there's a chess set up there and he likes to play chess. And again, this is where, you know, a staff has noticed the chess set is behind, um, you know, behind a barrier. So, you know, people when they go up to turn out all the lights in the evening, you know, they'll notice check things. And then when they come back the next morning, they will see that the pieces have been moved around in, in logical places. Um, now, another place that he's seen in the house is it's called the library or the family room if you will, uh-huh. we would call it the family. It's, it's right when you come in the front doors, it's just to the left, it looks over Gore Street. And, and this is where the family would gather. Um, um, you know, there's books there, there's games, you can watch people coming to the front door, you know, you, you, that's where the world comes by. Now, just off the library, there's this small room, it's now an office space. But back in the Matheson's time, this would have been the sick room. Now the Mathesons had 11 children. The place was crawling with children. Um, and even though it is on the, you know, we look at it a pretty good size house when you've got that many people, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're doubling up or tripling up. So if someone was sick, you wanted to separate them from the rest of the family, isolation, you know, good, good public health practices. And, and also on the ground floor so that the mother or any of the, you know, any of, of the maids wouldn't have to be running up three flights of stairs 
to to look after a child. So they had this little room. Now there was one one of the children who was rather sickly as a child. Um, his name was Cubby. Well, it was a nickname. He was actually Roderick Jr., but he was nicknamed Cubby. And his picture is actually in in the library there. And he spent a lot of time in this little sick room off the library. Now. There is a, an employee at the museum who has been there probably for, I would say, at least 30 years. And she has had the most encounters with Roderick Matheson. And um, when her office was there, her, she's moved into a different spot in, in the museum now. She, you know, the desk was set up in such a way that she could see the front door. So when people would come into the museum. Um, anyway, you know, but every once in a while, she, you know, we all have this here, you're, you're distracted at work, you know, there's a, there's an issue and, and, um, you know, you're not doing your work, you're, you're preoccupied, whatever this issue is. And so she'll be sitting at her desk and, uh, you know, mulling over whatever this issue is. And then it says she can see into the library and then she'll catch a glimpse of this distinguished older man, uh, you know, dressed in a long, dark frock coat with, you know, the stiff, caller who's pacing back and forth in the library as if he's quite you know worried concerned and she will have this overwhelming urge to to go up and see him anyways as soon as she does come to this urge she will feel a hand on her shoulder as if to say you know they're there everything is going to be all right and uh, and the vision disappears but sure enough by the end of the day whatever was the issue that was preoccupying her has been resolved so Wow. Oh, anyways, so just a very nice man who's living in his house. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm glad to hear that for the most part, these ghosts are friendly because that's one thing that I've always kind of learned from, mm -hmm. you know, listening to podcasts or listening, you know, to like, we all know Lorraine and Ed Warren, you know, that they said you don't want to bring bad spirits in. And, and as much as, you know, I've been interested in this kind of stuff, I've never mm -hmm. wanted to actually see a ghost or anything. And I've never wanted to like do any kind of seance or play a Ouija right. board or anything to bring it on because you just, that just gets ingrained in your head. I mean, we all know the famous Amityville horror, like we yes. don't want to, <laughs> like, no. you know, we don't want to bring anything up. No. Um, now when you're doing your tour, Susan, do you ever have people that might live at the homes or something and say like, I don't want people to know that our home is haunted. Cause I know that we kind of went through that in Pembroke with our local tour guide who had said, I'm not actually, I'm able to tell you about a ghost that lives on the street, but I'm not actually able to pinpoint the house. Do you do the same kind of thing to be respectful? I do families? the same thing. I, I am very respectful. Um, I only um, tell stories at, at public buildings um, or, you know, identify public buildings. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I've had this discussion with, you know, I get approached, you know, every once in a while. And I won't tell, I know where private homes are that are haunted, but I won't identify them for that very reason. Um, that, uh, you know, I respect people's privacy. And, you know, the last thing you want is people camped out on your front lawn. Um, and plus ghosts come and go. So the main, what might be there right now is it could very well disappear. So no, I, I do respect people's privacy in yeah. that regard. Yeah. And you also want to be careful too, when you're selling your home and you don't want to kind of have a, well, you it. know, ghost. Not, every, not, everybody is, not everybody is, uh, is cool with the idea either. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Susan, where can 
people sign up to go on these haunted ghost tours with you because I know that they're taking place um, this month. And yes. how can they purchase tickets? Well, the, the dates are, what is it? The Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So it's the 28th, 29th, and 30th of October, uh, starting and finishing at the museum in Perth. You can contact the museum to get tickets, although I believe they are being sold. Tickets, please, which I now believe the Hum owns in Elmont, is handling ticket sales, but I'm not quite certain how that is working because this is the new arrangement. And uh, But anyways, if you call the museum, contact the museum at 267-1947, they can certainly arrange. Now, uh, because of COVID, um, we are limiting sales even more than we have in the past. Um, we're having 20, yeah, we're only selling 20 tickets a night. And we have um, headphones. The, the town of Perth has a set of about 20 headphones. So we can safely distance. Even, you know, we are outside. We won't actually, you can come into the museum to use the washroom, but we won't be able to allow people to come into the museum because of, because of COVID. It's just too many people. Um, but yeah, so we can safely distance. You don't have to be like gas molecules all close together. So limited of 20 uh, tickets through the museum. Um, I know the people, they've already started selling tickets. So I'm not, I don't think any nights have been sold out. They haven't told me that yet. So, but if you're interested, yeah, 267-1947. Perfect. So the 28th, 29th, 30th, how long are the tours and what time do they start at? Uh, they start at seven o'clock and uh, we're finished by 8.30. Perfect. So lots of time to go it afterwards. Um, and actually also on the Saturday, um, there's a zombie walk in Perth beforehand, which starts, I believe, at five o'clock. And I don't know the details on that one. This is a brand new event that uh, uh, that Perth is organizing in conjunction um, with um, with a business person in Perth. Um, but uh, that's going to start at, uh, at five o'clock. So look into that one yeah <laughs> I think that's a lot more spontaneous thing you don't have to buy tickets for it or anything like that it's just you know a fun thing to do but uh that's part of the weekends in Perth that have been going on all all year and uh, yeah zombie walk on the 30th and then the lead into the which would be a nice lead into the ghost walk Oh, sounds good. Well, lots of things to check out and do. Well, before we wrap this up, Susan, what's one local business or boss babe that you would like to give a shout out to? Um, Cheryl Stravey at Stravey Design. And why Cheryl? Well, I went to high school with Cheryl, um, so I have known her a long time. Uh, incredibly talented woman. Um, in high school, she made all her own clothes. Uh, including tailored material, uh, tailored like blazers and stuff. So she was always very sharply dressed. She went to Ryerson, studied fashion, and um, she has been an independent fashion designer for over 30 years. So she has a business in Perth, does custom-made, um, highly beautiful, beautiful um, garments that will last you a lifetime. And she has an art gallery, uh, just a very... Very cool person. <laughs> awesome. We will make sure to tag Cheryl so that she knows that you gave her a shout out. And we okay. will also provide the links to the guided tour as well as the zombie walk that you mentioned too uh, mm -hmm. in our show notes so that everybody can go register and hopefully we get that sold out. I'm sure we will. Yeah. I'm sure um, we will. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. So great chatting with you. And 
if you have never, I mean, if you've ever gone to, um, to California and LA or, or anything like that, I definitely recommend Not to it. LA, no. Oh, you have to go because okay. I got to see actually where Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. I actually got oh, yes. to see where she lived and oh, it was just so interesting and it was so good. So good. Anyways. All right, everybody. If you like this episode, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe so that you never miss another episode. And we will see you next week for our next Boss Babe Corner guest.